second Bible reading, and it comes from Psalm chapter 19. You can find this on page 577 in the Pew Bibles. Psalm 19. The heavens declared the glory of God. The skies proclaimed the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words into the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. John, as we as we come to this fantastic psalm, let's uh, let's pray for God's help as we look at it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word, and we thank you for this psalm, chapter nineteen, in particular. We pray that as we look at it this morning, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I recently, just the other week, had the joy of receiving a free tablet. I really enjoy electronic devices, so when I got this tablet, I need to spend some quality time with it. I uh, had to work out all the, install all the correct apps. I had to work out all of the different settings and discover all of its capabilities. The problem is, that when I use technology, I get quite absorbed in it, so that when someone speaks to me, usually I hear, like my wife in particular, usually I hear one of four things. I'm not sure if you experience this as well, but usually I hear either nothing, um, that's, that's a bad option, or I, I faintly hear a murmur but don't really pay attention, or somehow I can repeat back an entire sentence but don't understand it, or... I put down my tablet and I look up and I listen and respond. And really, I think it's pretty ridiculous that I get so absorbed in an electronic device that I can't even pay attention to the one I share my life with. But what I've been thinking when reading this psalm is how absurd it is. How absurd is it to not pay attention or to listen to the one who gave us life to God? What do you do when God speaks to you? Are you so absorbed in your life that you hear nothing? 
you don't even realize that God's speaking to you. You hear a faint murmur, but don't really pay attention. You can repeat back entire sentences, but don't understand it. Or do you lay down your life, your distractions, your interests, and pay attention, hear what God is saying, and understand and respond? What do you do, what do you hear when God speaks to you? The psalm we will look at today is the one that C.S. Lewis considered to be the greatest psalm in all of the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in all the world. This psalm, chapter 19, makes it crystal clear that God speaks. And David hears God speak. David hears God speak in the world, in the word, and to our hearts. God hears, David hears God speak in the world, in the word, and to our hearts. You need to hear this psalm because God is speaking to you. Are you listening? What do you hear when God speaks? So the first thing that David hears from God is he hears the heavens. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. He hears the day and the night shouting silent words that every single person overhears. From the polar ice caps to the Sahara Desert to right here in Melbourne, the skies, there's a commotion in the sky shouting unspoken truth that is spoken everywhere. Have a look at verses 2 to 4 with me. If you've got your Bibles open still, uh, it says, Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no language, there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And what is it that David hears from the heavens? What is this unspoken truth that is spoken everywhere? Well, David tells us in verse 1, if you read verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. David hears the glory of God. And David goes further and offers an example of this in the psalm. He looks at the sun. We can see the sun pretty clearly when I got up this morning and bright blue skies. And he says the sun, it rises and it goes to the other end with eagerness and joy. He says it's like a man that just got married to his wife or an athlete that eagerly runs the race. And it seems as though as it goes from one edge of the heavens to the other. And that's what it says in the last part of verse 4 and down to 6. Read it with me there. It says, In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. David isn't content in this psalm to just say, oh, wow, look at the sun. He, he spends time describing the wonder of God's creation. And it takes time for him to put the right words together that this great ball of energy that burns 7 billion tons of fuel every second declares that the God who made it is glorious, wondrous, powerful, 
And we know there are stars that are 700 times bigger than our sun, that burn 14,000 times brighter. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. When, when I see the reflection of a sunset on, on a lake or a river, unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. When, I'm, when I was back at the farm, I love seeing the moon just come up over the horizon, and it is so big and beautiful and grand and close. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. Look to the heavens, David says, because their silence fills the earth. They are crying out that God is glorious. This is, why, this is why it's wrong to look at the sun and worship it. This is why it's wrong to look at the stars and find your future by them. Astrology misses the point. The heavens point not to themselves, but to something greater than themselves. They point to a powerful, almighty, glorious God. And David hears this. Do you? Do I? But we have to ask, who is this God that the heavens declare is glorious? Who is this God that David considers to be so mighty? And that's where David goes next. God speaks in the word, David says, precious truth. You could say the Bible provides the subtitles for creation. I know when I was learning Spanish for half a year in school, I thought, uh, once I had studied really hard, I was ready to watch the Spanish news. So I flicked it on and I was looking at it and I knew it was the Spanish news because the TV guide told me it was the Spanish news. And, and I knew it was the news because there was a news desk and they were looking at the fire and uh, interviewing locals. But I didn't understand a thing, unfortunately. And I needed something more. I needed subtitles. And in a way, the Bible provides the subtitles for creation. It provides so much more. It is better. It's not enough to go for a walk in the forest to know God. And Davis tells us this. Look, at, if in verse 1, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And when he talks about God there, he used the general term for God, that everyone would use for their God. But when he comes to the word... He used the term that God revealed to his people in Exodus, Yahweh. And he uses it six times in three verses. It's translated in the Bible as capitals for Lord. And it's saying that we can know something about God from his creation, but we can only know God personally through the precious truths in his word. So that uh, when Beck and Jesse had their baby... Steph and I were really excited to find out their name because knowing there's a baby girl isn't as good as knowing Hannah. And how much more so with God who reveals his name to his people. And in this section of 7 to 11, David peels back layers of a picture of joy and satisfaction in the law, in these precious truths spoken in his word. David's saying... The law is perfect, reviving the soul. Is that what you think about God's law? He says that God's instructions are so complete that they pull our lives together. They give us new life. 
He says they are trustworthy and reliable, making even the simplest person wise because they're not confusing. They're actually really clear. And he says that they speak to us now, these laws of God, in our life, in our reality, and not some distant past. Look at verse 7 with me. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God's precepts aren't general. They are applicable to the small details of our lives, and they are morally perfect. So good that they can bring us joy to live by them. We don't have to work it all out ourselves because God tells us what is good and he knows what is good because he made us. God gives us these commands to be obeyed because he knows they are the path to joy. They're not some arbitrary killjoys that God made because he likes that. No, they are the way to live and find joy in life. They are authoritative and truthful. Look at verse 8 with me. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. God gives these laws, these precious words, to reveal to us who he is. We can tell that he is holy, that he is perfect, that he is worthy of all of our reverence and our respect and awe and fear. They are completely reliable and righteous. And how good is God to speak in his word these precious truths? So read verse 9 with me. He says, The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. How good and how beautiful and precious are the laws of God, the words of God. Too many people have a problem with God's commands, feeling they're oppressive. But they are good and beautiful, David says. Often what we fail to see is the problem isn't with the laws of God, but with ourselves. And David knows this. And so he says in verse 10, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. So he's saying if there is a pure 24-karat gold ingot sitting here and the Bible sitting here, he would choose the Bible, would you? He says if creamed honey was sitting here, I love creamed honey, put it on toast, it's delicious, and it was sitting here and the Bible was sitting here, he would choose the Bible. These laws of God, these words of God warn David of the truth and he's forever grateful. Look at verse 11. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. God speaks in the word. There is precious truth spoken right here. Is that how you feel about God's law? About God's word? Because this is what David hears when he comes to God's words. Do you? And David hears of God's glory when he looks at the heavens. He, he knows who God is and what God wants of him. And David then, in the psalm, turns and considers himself. And what do you think he hears? 
does he hear how precious he is to God? Does he think about how much he means to God? Does he consider the heavens and the Bible and think, I must be pretty important for God to do all this for me? No. All David hears when God speaks to his heart is a broken soul in need of saving, convicting truth, exposing his heart, exposing our hearts. After David hears God speak, he cries out for forgiveness in the psalm of even hidden faults. In verse 12, it says, Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. And praise that God would not allow sin to rule over him. In verse 13, Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. He, can see, he hears God and he says, Lord, save me, your servant. He cries out to the Lord his God, who he knows to be his rock and redeemer. He knows he's a child of God, part of the family, and that God is a redeemer, ready to claim David for himself. And all he wants, after listening to God in the whole world, after hearing God speak in the world, in the word, and to his heart, all he wants is to be pleasing in God's sight. And that's what he says in the last verse. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. David hears this, do we? What do we hear when God speaks? When you look at the heavens, what do you hear? When you read the Bible, what do you hear? When you consider your heart, what do you hear? These unspoken, precious, convicting truths spoken by God are given to you. What do you do? Do you hear nothing? Do you ignore it all? Like I often do with my electronic device, you may ignore God speaking in the world, in the word and to your heart, not because of a phone, but because you're too busy with your career. You spend so much time with your work, you don't have time to listen to God. You're too busy with your family. You're too busy looking for the comfort and ease and that you can find in this life. We're not willing to listen to God because it would mess with too many of our plans, our desires and our ideals. And maybe it's not knowingly intentional for you, but please, listen. Don't ignore what is so clear and startlingly obvious. This psalm says it as clear as day. God is speaking. The absolute worst thing you could ever do is ignore it. Listen. Now, some people here don't ignore it. We hear a faint murmur, but don't really pay attention. And God speaks to these people in the world, in the word, and to their hearts, and they sort of notice. They look at the stars, and they have some sense of wonder, but don't care enough to find out more, to pay attention. They pick up the Bible, and instead of being ready to listen, they're ready to judge. Or like my friend, who would often tell me how they felt God was far from them, 
all they wanted was for God to speak to them. They used to pine away their days waiting for God to say something, but they're starving themselves to death. God has spoken and is speaking, this psalm tells us. We can't allow other competing voices to draw us away from God, to not pay attention to what God is saying. It's easy to let movies and TV shows and friends dictate our understanding of God. But we need to pay attention to what he says in the world, in the word, and to our hearts. God is glorious. God's word is precious. And we all need forgiveness. Now others here can uh, repeat entire sentences back but don't understand it. You know, they think, I know God says Jesus is the only way, but surely Jesus can't be the only way. What about all those people who who sincerely believe in their God or are really good people and don't believe in God? Or, Or they say, I know God says it's only grace that saves, but surely more is required. Surely I have to do something. It can't be entirely free. Or they think, I know God says, love him above everything else. But how can I love him more than my children? How can I love him more than my family or or, or more than my own life? Surely God doesn't expect that. Or they think, I know God says hell is real, but he wouldn't send anyone there, would he? God speaks in the world, in the word, and to our hearts, and he means it. What he says is trustworthy. Don't just listen as a mental exercise for your own knowledge, but change because of it. Or or what I too often do when I read the Bible is here a tick on my checklist of things to do for the day instead of dwelling on it. What we all need to do is what I need to do with the tablet, lay down our lives and our distractions and our interests and listen to God, understand God and respond. We need to remember what the five-year-old can feel looking at the clouds And know what the 55-year-old can understand looking at the stars. God is glorious. We need to stop and look and hear and know. We need to read the Bible and come to know and love Jesus Christ more, enjoying living our lives the way he wants us to. Loving the Bible, knowing how it changes people's lives dramatically. Like uh, Phaitun Hathamart, the Buddhist, who read Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and turned to Christ. Or Takichi Ichi, the murderer in Japan in 1918, who just before his execution heard the simple words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he came to Christ. He said, I was stabbed to the heart as if by a five-inch nail. Or my friend who read the Bible in three weeks and was inextricably drawn to God. God speaks today. Are we listening? 
We need to hear God speaking and realize our lives aren't our own anymore. We need to come to him begging for forgiveness, seeking only to be pleasing in God's sight. Will we respond to God speaking in the world, in the word and to our hearts like David does in this psalm? It is undeniably obvious that God has spoken from this psalm, that God is speaking. Can it be any clearer than this? Yes, it can. And it is. God has spoken even more clearly than all of these things. God has spoken in the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, who is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of God's nature. Today, God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. He came and he cried out, showing a way for us all to come to God. Like David longed to come in this psalm, blameless, pleasing in God's sight. Jesus came to redeem us from ourselves, from our evil hearts. Jesus bought us by his blood, dying on a cross. He cried out, it is finished. There is a way to God. He has suffered for us and God has spoken through his son so that all failures like you and I could be given hope so that we could say, forgive me and be forgiven. God has spoken undeniably, inexcusably, what are you going to do? You may remember last month a a story went viral of a man named Otu Katayama who lived in Japan, uh, who lives in Japan, and he didn't speak to his wife for over 20 years. You know, they lived together with their three children. He spoke to his children. People spoke to him. He spoke to them. His wife spoke to him, but he never spoke to her. Complete silence for over 20 years. When he finally spoke to her, they they sat down together, and the children broke down in tears, and the wife was sobbing. There was such pain because of this silence. And I can't imagine how awful that would be for over 20 years for someone I love, complete silence with me. But the good news is, and what this psalm tells us, is we don't need to suffer that same existence with God. He has spoken to us. Are we listening? Do we see how glorious it is from the sky? Do we pick up the Bible and read it with joy and change because of it? Do we realize our need for forgiveness? Do we come to Jesus Christ who can make the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts pleasing in God's sight, our rock and our redeemer? Let's pray that he will. Dear God, we praise you and thank you that you have spoken, that you do speak. Forgive us for when we waste that and we don't appreciate and we don't listen as we should. Help us to hear and change and respond. We pray 
that we would cry out for forgiveness of even hidden faults, knowing that you can forgive us because of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.